Hi, you're listening to The Smarts at Clifford Chance with me, Saj Jetta, author of The Smarts, founder of award-winning talent consultancy, The Smarty Train, and an economist who is obsessed with working smart. I love to find brilliant people, follow them around and share their secrets, which is why I jumped at the chance to do this podcast that you're listening to right now. In this series, we'll explore some of the key decision points and experiences that will help define your future careers. Many people believe there is only one way to enter law. We're here to bust that myth and show that different options and opportunities are available to everyone. In each episode, I get to speak to amazing people who are in the early stages of their career, at school, at university, or on their training contract. This episode is all about networking. I know. Scary, right? I know that when you're early in your career, it can feel pretty daunting or like building a network requires a lot of professional skill and contacts just to even get started. Our three guests today show not only that you can build your network in your own way, but that it's never too early to start. Our first guest is the 2019 Clifford Chance LGBT Undergraduate of the Year. Tom has been very active in his community from a young age and has learned to engage and connect with individuals from a variety of backgrounds and has overcome some serious personal setbacks along the way. I really enjoyed our conversation, so let's dive right in. So it sounds like having read a bit more about you, that that people and connecting people together um, seems to be uh, a natural forte of yours. And I guess I wanted to start off by just asking you, has, has connecting people always come easy for you? No, I, w- I wouldn't say it has. Um, being autistic, I think early on, like I really did struggle to make connections. I did struggle with eye contact, with knowing how to enter and exit a conversation, what sort of topics to discuss. Um, so no, it hasn't always been easy, but it's definitely something that I've worked on, I think. And presumably it's something that you enjoy now? Yeah, I think I've always enjoyed it. Um, but I think now I've been able to get more out of it than before. Before it was maybe just kind of, because it was just the basics, it wasn't very exciting conversation. And now that I'm able to actually have full on proper conversations, it's like, you know, you can gain more than just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you can, yeah, you get more out of it. It it sounds like, you know, networking has started to become you know a bigger part of your life which is which is really exciting um but what challenges have you had to overcome yeah networking is still sometimes a challenge for me but um i've been able to overcome it in many ways i think some of the first challenges i had were around confidence making eye contact and entering and exiting um a conversation so some of the uh, ways that I've overcome this is one, looking someone sort of um, looking at the forehead, not the eyes, um, or really being able to explain to someone that maybe if I'm not making enough eye contact in that moment, that it's not because I'm not listening to what they're saying. I am not gaining anything from the nonverbal cues. Um, and also gaining scripts, so having scripts in my head. So at the start of university, knowing when and when to, how to start a conversation, I think I learned to really have three questions always, like what is your name, what college are you at, um, what are you studying, and where have you um, like come from? And by having that script already set out, then it 
sort of helps me to then have those conversations more naturally and then for them to lead somewhere. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. And, and, and given how much you, you probably remember from our chat and our talk um, with the Spark um, scheme that names are something that are very, very important. And it's great that you mentioned that as the first thing, uh, which is to ask someone's name. Um, why is the name important, do you think? I think a name is important because it allows you to start to build a box kind of of what um it's like for each person you have a box um and you put all this information that they've given you into that box so then when you arrive at that person again in another conversational setting you can then reach oh for the box tom and then build out all of the information that you already have so then you're able to then go into that box and say oh you have a brother how are they doing and build on from that more conversation I mean, networking is always um quite a loaded term and some people sort of like it some people don't um but i think when people think about networking they, they probably think about it as kind of entering a room you know picking up a glass and kind of walking you know sort of working the room but um, increasingly, I, I feel like there's other definitions of networking that are starting to kind of arise. And, and I'm wondering how you would define the term networking. Yeah, I think especially with um, COVID-19, like networking has been completely different as well. That's definitely changed um, networking. But I think networking for me is really about just connecting with people organically. I think networking in of itself can be kind of artificial um and sort of a means to an end like you try to connect with this person to build up a profile or to you know gain um access to an alumni i mean that's that's amazing because i think in in itself you know you're sort of proving the point that that actually networking is not a you know it's not a scientific endeavor but actually it's 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 about a connection with someone about something and, and that's really like sort of the the honesty and the integrity with which you're viewing networking i think is is really exciting i think something we could we could really all learn from actually so tell us a bit more then about um your the awards that you've won so you're you're awarded the the 2019 lgbt undergraduate of the year award um what what did that mean to you yeah, it was so overwhelming to win that award. Um, it was just amazing to be recognized for all of the work that I have been doing to not only improve myself, but for to improve the community at my university and wider local Lancaster community, um, which is where I went and did my degree. But it was then great from that to have that platform to then be able to speak on and um on wider issues of inclusion to a wider populace of people. Um, from the award, I've been able to go to many um, events that focus around career development and um, career fairs and uh, just a lot of student engagement and really speaking to those students that may have struggled similarly to how I struggled um, and to show that there can be a role model and there can be someone that can champion um, or can be in an organization with a disability. So tell us about some of the interactions that you've had at Clifford Chance following the award. It's been amazing to connect with people all across Clifford Chance's spectrum of employees, from managing partners right to people who are on Spark, the first-year students looking to become lawyers. 
And I think that's been what's so great about this journey with Clifford Chance is that it has allowed me to connect with everyone on all levels because inclusion is at the heart of the firm. Our next guest, Lorraine, has not only built her network in person like Tom, but has created a strong networking presence online too. She's a future trainee for Clifford Chance's Ignite scheme and is excited to share some top tips with us today. So let's hear a little bit about her journey and those tips. So I think from a professional perspective, networking for me ultimately is about learning. Uh, I'm someone who didn't come from a law background, didn't know any lawyers. So the best way to learn is from those who are already doing it and are in the field. So to me, how I approach networking was, okay, well, there's a gap in my knowledge these people work there. They have the expertise. This is where I want to be as well. So what can I learn from them and opening up those conversations? So to me, networking is about kind of building your professional network and aligning it with your goals as a young professional, especially when you don't really have direction or know what you're going into. So with law, for example, everyone says they want to be a corporate lawyer, but they don't really know what that means until they speak to a corporate lawyer, you know, Uh, and they tell you about what they do on their day-to-day job. So that's how I view it personally. And what kind of lawyer do you want to be? So I'll be a tech lawyer at Clifford Chance. And, you know, I think it's kind of uh, the stars aligning. Like I said, I did IT law at uh, LSE. And when I graduated, none of the law firms were talking about tech and innovation in the same way. So when Clifford Chance came out with the tech training contract last year, I thought, wow, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for this entire time. So I'm quite excited to be pursuing that career path. And so um, going back to the actual transaction then, so when you're approaching someone, um, I love the fact that you call it a learning opportunity and that that really resonates with me as well. Um, There's so much to learn from everyone, right? So why would you not talk to every single person you can in a day? Um, Is there a particular, um, I don't know, set of things that you do uh, when you have that first encounter with someone? Yeah. So a lot of my uh, meetings had been at events. So one thing that I will do is look up the event list, see who's attending, what do they actually do? Uh, I think now more than ever before, compared to when I was studying, really, there's so many thought leaders writing about what they think on LinkedIn, in podcasts, blog posts. So if you see someone that you resonate with and you want to know more about what they do, research, actually read about what they're writing, read about what they're saying, and then come ready to actually discuss with them. You don't have to have a revolutionary like question to ask them or anything, but you know, people can tell when you've done the legwork and you're genuinely interested. And in particular, from a law student perspective, you're not just approaching them to say, give me a training contract, please. But rather you're like, oh, I'm very interested in your work. I saw that you said X, Y, Z recently. What do you think about, I thought, et cetera. Um, so my approach really is to put the person first. Um, I think that goes a really long way. And, you know, it's not a manipulative thing or anything, but ultimately people are people at the end of the day. And they know if you, you're not being genuine. So again, in a professional sense, just put your best foot forward, be genuine and be, you know, genuinely curious, I think is the is the tagline and the word to focus on there i love that genuine curious um so if you are approaching someone to be genuinely curious about them um is there anything else that you would suggest having done your homework etc but in that first encounter you should do yeah definitely i think uh the tendency at networking events especially is to kind of say one up each other and say, well, you know, I know this and name drop. But um, I would say actively listen after you ask your question. It really goes a long way. Um, my dad always used to say to me, look, at the end of the day, people love talking about themselves. 
ask a really good question and just listen. And you'd be surprised at what you hear, really hear and find out. So yeah, that's it. Actively listen after you actually ask the question. Define what active listening means to you. So active listening is involves all of you. I think the tendency as humans is to react before someone's finished the question or finished their sentence. So in a networking uh, scenario, I would say when you've asked your question or posed your position, just pause, process what they're actually saying, take it in. Don't wait to jump in or pipe in with yes or end. So you mean just let them finish their sentence. And then when they're done, just really actually let it sink in. What did they actually say? What did it mean? Pause, then answer. Uh, to me, that's active listening. What would you say to someone who said, I don't have anything to offer to the person that I'm approaching? I think again, to what I said at the beginning, it's not a transactional, um, okay, like it's not a transactional event really when it comes to networking. Um, it's not about what can I get out of the other person? What can they get out for me? It's about learning and finding and discovering, again, the whole purpose of networking, especially in a professional sense, is to figure out whether something is for you, learn from other people who are doing it and have done it. So really, all you have to offer is your ears and listen to their expertise, if I'm honest. If you're coming from at least a junior stage, at that point, you probably don't have much to offer them. But again, it's about showing the reverence and respect for their time and showing that you've actually done the legwork and researched that person. And just pulling on the um, the point about not having anything to offer, I guess what you're saying is if you don't have anything to offer, the biggest thing that you can offer actually is to listen and ask a good question. Yeah, in some senses, yeah. And genuinely, I think another thing I've heard people say after networking events is, well, I spoke to a student and they actually followed up with an email. Even if they didn't ask for anything, they actually said, hey, X, Y, Z, I really enjoyed speaking with you at that event. It was really interesting. Hope that I hope to stay connected. Can we connect on LinkedIn? And you'll be surprised how far that can go, really, and can stay in someone's mind, especially in a career that you're looking to get into. Our final guest is Gloria, who is in year 13. She's a perfect example of why building your network early can be so beneficial. Here's Gloria. I think I kind of done it subconsciously. I wasn't really thinking about, oh, I want to speak to as many people as possible. I want to sort of get in contact with this person. Because in the beginning, I'd say I probably started to build my network maybe after I spoke to Laura the first time. Um, so when I'd emailed her some questions about the prime scheme, and then she sort of offered for me to come into the office and then have a kind of informal chat, which I thought was really nice. Um, so I'd say that was kind of like my first legal connection, but I didn't think of it as being like, I want to get my foot in the door. I just wanted um, the answers to a few questions I had about Prime. Um, so I thought that was quite a nice way. And so given that you've done quite a lot of it now, um, what what have you done to become more confident and more comfortable with, with doing it? Um, so for me, um, as I said, it, it can sometimes be really hard speaking to professionals um, who are at um, a very established level whereas you're sort of like on your your journey and you're quite early in your career so for me I try to um kind of ask them to sort of give advice to the younger selves if they were in the same position as me and I think that really helped um kind of break down those barriers that might be between you and the profession the professional um and so it kind of helps for them to sort of remember how they were how they felt when they were in your position and maybe if they 
um, did this one thing that helped them, then they can sort of give you some direction and some advice on that. Um, and aside from that, I would say when you're speaking to people, just to generally be as friendly and as, or come across as friendly as possible um, so that they will continue wanting to speak to you. Um, and also I think for young people as well, it can be really hard, especially face to face because a lot of us are on our phones all of the time and we like to write down notes in our notes pages on our phones because it's really convenient. But I would say um, it might not always be the best thing to do that in those situations because um, professional environments might deem phones as not as professional. Um, so I would say just carry around a pen and some paper with you and take down your notes that way or take down the emails or the names of some people that um, you'd like to contact further. And it just, I think that way you won't come across as though, even if you do, you are just generally write, writing down notes on your phone. Um, sometimes it might not come across that way. So I would just say it's always best to go with a pen and paper. When you're asking someone about their day-to-day -day job, um, and what they find interesting, what kind of questions do you ask them? Um, I'd start off with basic questions. So what do you like about your job and what do you dislike about your job? Because I think that's a good way for people to just understand um, from different people like what it's actually like rather than them sort of just sugarcoating or just saying, oh, you know, it's fine. You can really like get a deeper understanding of like what they do and like if you would um, like to be in that situation. So when you, you, you talked earlier about meeting people that were more established, uh, it was a good use of words, by the way, established. Um, so what, what, when you're asking them to give you advice, um, you know, what kind of things do they say about their younger selves? Um, so they sometimes might talk about the A-levels that they did and the choices that they went through. And I didn't really know this as much in the beginning about how you don't have to do law to become a lawyer or you don't have to study specific A-levels. So they might just say, you know, just go with your heart or sort of do whatever interests you and don't think um, really narrowly just be really open and because you can always do the conversion course that's one thing that I got taught a lot. Do you think that your career starts when you are a qualified lawyer or do you think that you've already started your career already? I don't think it starts when you're a qualified lawyer I think I have definitely tried to um, start my career up and because there are so many opportunities that I've been able to get involved in and there are so many out there that I haven't even um, been involved in I think there's a lot that young people can do to sort of get their foot in the door and get a lot more knowledge, whether that's through work experience or just through reading articles or speaking to people. There is definitely a lot that you can do to build yourself up from an early career. Wow, what a trio. I wish I had been as confident as these guys when I was starting out. Great insight about the importance of starting early and building your network out with the future in mind. You can start building your network out from any age, even if it's just with the people closest to you to start with. And if it sounds scary, think of it as new opportunities for learning. Then it will always feel like too good of an opportunity to pass up. Thank you to Tom, Lorraine and Gloria for talking to me. And thank you to you for listening to this podcast. I really do hope you enjoyed it. If you're interested in hearing some more big little hacks to take you a long way at work, there are four other episodes from this season on the Clifford Chance website, where you can also find season one. Until next time, I've been your host, Saj Jetta, and this has been the Smarts at Clifford Chance.